this is Batanaim Siwa uh, coming to you at this time uh, sharing on the subject of knowing God. So Father, we thank you uh, this moment for your power, for your anointing, for your presence. Father, as we share your word, as we share the scriptures, Father, I pray for the hearers of this word that Father, your word would come alive and would help us to understand and lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, from the book of uh, John chapter number 17, uh, on the first verse, the Bible says, this word Jesus, uh, this word spoke Jesus, and he li- lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may also glorify you. As you have given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as those that you have given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So Jesus uh, is making a prayer, a high priest prayer, uh, a prayer from, you know, to the Father, to, you know, to glorify him, to worship him. But he makes a very interesting, uh, you know, uh, presentation of the word of God on verse number three, where he says, this is a life eternal, that we, they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So we see Jesus is telling us what is eternal life. Uh, you know, if you like me, maybe you're hearing me at this time. You might have that, that, you know, eternal life is the length of days or it's a life after death that you enjoy as a believer. But uh, Jesus, you know, has given us the definition of eternal life, which is actually knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ whom God has sent. So that is the life eternal. That is eternal life. Eternal life starts when a believer comes to the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's not something that is going to happen a later event. It's actually, it begins while we are still here on earth. Uh, just knowing and worshipping the true living God. So on this uh, series, I am attempt to share and to bring light uh, on the subject of knowing God, which is actually the eternal life we are supposed to be living. The word knowing uh, used in the Bible, uh, it's a very interesting term. Uh, it comes from a, a direct from a Greek word called uh, ginosko, uh, which is to learn to know or to come to know or to get a revelation or perceive to feel to become known. So this is talking about also to know, to understand, to perceive and to have knowledge of, to understand, to know. Uh, it also goes to describe the relationship between a, a man and a woman when they have intimate relationship that acquaintance that inner knowing that intimate knowing is the one that we are also referring to uh, as ginosko which is the, to know someone so this is the foundation of the of the word know or new uh, the bible is full of uh, so much around the subject of knowing something or knowing God. I want to pick up our, our, our discussion again 
from the book of Genesis chapter number 4 verse 1 the Bible says and Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bare Cain and said I've given a man from God from the Lord so we, we, we I've, I've gotten a man from the Lord from the Lord so we see here that uh, Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bare son and so uh, you know and he was given and he was given a name uh, Cain that I've I have gotten a man from the Lord so but the process that happened before Cain was born was that of Adam knew his wife Eve which is a deeper intimate you know a relationship that they had a physical relationship that they had to actually uh, have conception and then the birth of a child so this is the knowing that you're talking about the knowing that comes when two people or more you know come to contact to each other in a deeper uh, intimate manner that is the knowing that the Bible is really talking about on the subject of knowing so when Jesus says this is life eternal you know that they might know you know you the true living God and you know Jesus whom we have sent it's a really an interesting uh, position my brother my sister hearing this recording I want to encouraging you I want to encourage you to know God you know Jesus goes on to say in the book of John chapter number 10 I am verse number 14 he says I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So this is the relationship that Jesus is looking forward to with the church today. That you know what? I am the good shepherd. And my sheep know me. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And just as my father knows me, you know, um, I know the father as well. And I lay down my life for the sheep. So Jesus laid this down for us. But there has to be a knowing of one another. Jesus must know us and we must know him. To be in a proper relationship with God. Many people have heard about God, you know, they but they don't know God. They have heard Jesus being preached, but they don't have a relationship with Him to actually know and to actually be able to, to have that conversation, that understanding. That's why sometimes the subject of prayer, uh, even you know, many subjects in the in the body of Christ are difficult because people don't know God. If you know God, then issues like giving, like uh, prayer like the word of God, you know, those kind of things which are foundations in the, in the life of a believer should not be a difficult thing because you know whom you are worshipping. So I'm attempting to say, you know what, in this series, may you have a hunger to know the good shepherd. And may the good shepherd know you. And so as he has known the father, he was also known by the father, which is powerful. That's the relationship that God wants us to have to get in, in the, in, together with him. Uh, I want us to take ourselves again to the book of uh, 1 Samuel. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 3, uh, we see a story of a young boy who was uh, called Samuel. Uh, in the previous chapters, we see a powerful woman of God uh, called Hannah. She was barren. She did not have a child. But through perseverance and prayer, she prayed until, she, until God had her prayers and she, con she conceived miraculously the child, but he, she made a vow that if you give me a son, if you give me a baby boy, I'm going to give him back to you. In other words, it's going to be like a Nazarene. is going to be dedicated unto you. 
So when he, she weaned him off, you know, he, he brought him to the temple to Eli the priest. And Samuel began to live in the temple uh, with the priest of the men of God. So in chapter number three, the Bible says, Now the boy means, uh, Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of God was rare and there were not many visions. So already he was saving, ministering before the Lord under Eli. So he was doing the, you know, the duties of the temple of the men of God that he was doing, the priest of God. The Bible goes on to say in verse number two, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak, uh, that he could not be, he could barely see, was lying on his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord and the ark of God, and where the ark of God was. And the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and says, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. And he says, Here I am, you called me. Wait a minute here. What's happening? We see here that... Uh, Samuel was in the house of God. He was serving with the priest. But God called him. And he was not even able to hear that this was God calling me and not the voice of a man. I'm speaking and, and praying that as you listen to this recording, that you can actually hear God calling you. It's amazing that many people, you know, they move around the world, they go places, so that someone can just tell them, about their future or about what God is saying in their life. Uh, you know, people run even churches to say, can you prophesy to me? Can you speak something to me? But it's amazing here that God was actually speaking and Samuel did not know that it was the Lord. And sometimes that's what happens in our lives that we also, you know, God speaks to us, but we don't know that this is God speaking. I'm praying that you begin to have that knowledge of knowing when God speaks and you're able to hear. But now the Bible goes on to say, um, and again, verse number six, again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and says, here I am, you called me. Uh, then Eli, of course, says, I did not call you, go back and lie down. The Bible, verse number seven is very important. He says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. So Samuel, the Bible goes on to say, the Lord, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. In the third time, he, the Lord called Samuel he, and he got up and went to Eli and says, Here I am, he called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. If he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling me at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And, the, and then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. We see here that it took the priest of God, it took the man of God who was available at the time to teach the young man uh, to actually know the Lord. So serving in the church, you know, doing the chores, the duties, having a position, being a deacon, a pastor, an armor whatever position people find themselves in church sometimes, does not guarantee that you know God. As we see here in the story of Samuel, Samuel was, you know, available, serving, but he did not know the Lord, though he was in the temple of the Lord. And the man of God, he perceived that the Lord was calling Samuel, and he told him that, you know what, you need to say, 
allow God to speak and you listen. And he was taught how to hear from God. And from that day, God began to work with Samuel and he became a mighty prophet of God. You can read the rest of the chapter and the following chapters in the book of First Samuel and Second Samuel about the works and the things that Samuel went on to do uh, to save Israel and the nation, uh, the whole nation of Israel as it were. So we see here from this story that it's important to actually have a personal relationship with God. You know, some people are brought in church. You know, you are raised in church. You, you have been raised under, a, you know, a believing family, a religious family. Uh, every morning you wake up and you go to church. Uh, you know, you attend services. The word is preached with your parents. Then you come back home. But there is no relationship with God between you and God. You are there, but you don't have a connection with your God. I remember a few years back, you know, I went to many various churches as I was young with my mom, mostly, and I would go places, I would go and uh, in church with my, you know, my siblings and my brothers and my sisters, and I would go to church many times, and uh, but I did not know the Lord. I remember one night after we had done all we have done as a family, we used to sleep together in a big room, you know, boys on one side, girls on the other side, and we would take turns to then pray. I still remember one night that, you know, people asked me to pray and I couldn't. I did not know what to say. I stood up. We all kneeled, kneeled. Uh, we knelt down and we say, let's pray. It was your turn, but when I pray, I couldn't hardly sing a song, sing a hymn or say a word. And I remember people laughing that he does not know how to pray. My God, the reason was because I never knew. I didn't know God. I attended church. I sang the hymns when the people sang the hymns. But when it comes to even you to pray, let alone pray for everyone before we sleep, I couldn't pray. I struggled to pray. So it's because I never, I had not known the Lord. I'm praying that you, you develop a relationship with God of knowing Him to get to perceive, to feel, to perceive, to know. To become intimate and acquainted with your God is the most important thing that we can never find ourselves in. You know, people today are looking for titles, for positions, for, you know, for power. It's better for power and, and authority and positions, power, fame. But at the expense of knowing God. Many people are starting even churches without knowing God. Some are popular. Some people are going on to do uh, weird stuff. Just to, you know, make things happen because they don't know the God whom they serve. I want to encourage you to have a deeper knowing knowledge of God. In the Bible, uh, in the book of Matthew chapter number 7, uh, you know, it gives us a warning. Jesus was giving a warning. He says to, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Men will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. Did you not prophesy in your name? In your name, did you not drive out demons? And in your name, perform many miracles? Wow. Jesus is saying, you know what? These are some of the reasons that people give that they know God. They perform miracles. You know, they, 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 you know, they, they prophesy. They drive out demons. And they perform miracles. So do you want a church or a, you know, to be led by someone who can, you know, uh, you know prophesy, you know, uh, you know, drive out demons? Ah, you know, and do many miracles. Then you say, verse 23, and then I will tell you plainly, 
I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Wow, this is sad. This is sad. He says, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. In other words, the works of God or the acts that people can, the exploits that people can do are not a determining factor that someone knows God. But some people do that using evil powers, you know, or whatever. They, or they start with God, then they fall away. And they're no longer with God. He says, I never knew you. In other words, there's no relationship with Jesus. And on that day, you refuse, you know, to, to you know, to, you receive, you refuse you because you're just doing the works, but you do not know God. This is sad. And I'm praying that you are not deceived. You are not running after miracles, running after demonic manifestations, running after prophecies. These are great things to have, but let's have them when someone knows God. And even you who are, you know, a church congregant, a member, even when you are prophesying to, may it be confirmations of what you already sense and what God has already done in your life. It's not one-way street because now this veil has been torn in the temple. We have got access to the Heavenly Father. We are all supposed to be children of God who also know Jesus and know the Father God in heaven. So when a brother comes with a hymn, a song, a spiritual word, a word of prophecy, it's in confirmation because you also know the same God. So God does not come to you by surprise. But you all know the same things. As, as you know, It's a confirmation of some of these things that come in our life. So that we are not dissuaded sometimes by false prophecy. In my closing scripture for this uh, part, uh, the Bible goes on to say, in, in 1 John 2 from the state in verse 14, I love this text. He says, I'm ready to you, uh, fathers, because you have known him who has been from the beginning. I'm ready to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I've written to you, children, because you know the father. And I've written to you, fathers, because you have known him who has been from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you're strong. And the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the, the, the evil one. So there's a lot of conditions here. There's a lot of exhortation around fathers that, you know what, I'm writing to you because they've known him from the beginning. I'm writing to you, you know, uh, you know, young men because they have overcome the evil one. I'm writing to you children because you know the father. So children need to know the father in heaven. Young men need to know the father and also overcome the evil one. Fathers need to know God. It's expected. That when you become a father in the body of Christ, you know God. You know his ways. And you are acquainted with his ways and his spirit. And there's a deeper relationship with God that is expected of us. I'm praying that as we listen to this series, you begin to grow. You begin to look at things in your life. Things that are false. Things that we just do because you've been raised to do them. But there's no substance. There's no life. There's no knowledge of, of God, of Jesus Christ of the mighty God in your life. I'm praying that you begin to search and begin to have a hunger to know God. One of some of the things, things as we close is that to know Jesus, number one, you must open your heart to Jesus. You must ask him to come into your life and to be the Lord and Savior. Number two, you must begin to open your heart again to the word of God so that you begin to feed on the word of God in your life. And number three, you need to be able to pray Every time, pray, pray, pray every day to your heavenly father and talk to him so that you connect with your heavenly father. And then, of course, you need to have friends and believers to also help you 
to be learned to, and, and to do those things as well. But if you can open your heart to Jesus, allow the word of God, pray every day through the word of God, you'll be amazed the knowledge of God you begin to have and what God begins to do in your life and you can also begin to hear from him. And then finally, but not the least, you must allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to come into your life, to help you, to teach you, and show you things you do not know as well. So as we walk in this series, we'll cover some of these areas, how we can begin to know God in a deeper and, 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 and a powerful manner. So may God bless you. May you have a hunger of knowledge of Jesus, knowledge of the Heavenly Father, which is the true life eternal, which Jesus promised for us. Don't run after things. Don't run after you know manifestations. Run after the source. May you know the source. So that when things happen in your life down the lane, you are not worried because you know the source. So Father, I'm praying for my sister, my brother, my father, anyone hearing this message at this time, not our nation or a time or a space, I'm praying that Father, your word of God, which is living and powerful, will become evident in their life. I'm praying to someone right now who is opening their hearts to you, that Father, may they make the prayer of repentance and ask you Jesus to come into their life. I'm praying that Father that they'll begin to feed on your word and they begin to pray every day and they'll begin to hunger through the study of the scriptures and also Father begin to allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to infuse their life and that they'll become blessed and grow forward and become mighty men and mighty women of God. I pray Father we come against every distraction, every hindrance to the knowledge of God, every uh, excuse, every procrastination that someone might have right now. Father, I'm praying that it's broken and that, Father, they'll begin to know you. We, we remove and we come against false teaching, false doctrine that might hinder people from knowing God. I'm praying that through the scriptures we've read, Father, that people come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you.